You're listening to Johnson & Boone Solicitors Podcast exclusively on the Pod Station. Welcome to the first ever Johnson & Boone Podcast. My name is Mark. I'm in charge of the marketing activities that go on at Johnson Boone Solicitors. I'm joined by Director of Johnson & Boone, Rob Boone, who's here with me. Why is it we're doing these podcasts, Rob? Well, I mean, at this time, Mark, it's important that people have got a nice, easy medium in which they can pick up information. There's lots and lots of things online at the moment. Uh, but I think a friendly voice that breaks it down into bite-sized chunks will be appreciated. So they're going to be about different topics each episode? Yeah, so I think not everything will apply to everyone. So I think we'll keep each podcast to a single topic and then it's amenable for the people that it applies to. And as a firm, you cover quite a wide variety of legal areas. Uh, do you just want to run through those so that people can at least keep an eye out for the show that might best suit their particular needs? Yeah, of course. I, I mean, in terms of the things that is is most relevant at the moment, the, the the first show that we'll do, we'll talk through the applicability of what's going on at the moment for the landlord and tenant sector. Uh, but we'll also do further ones that will follow up on what is happening for small businesses uh, and specifically what happens to contracts uh, at, at this difficult time. And we should perhaps prefix this because, of course, the beauty of podcasts are people can listen to them anytime and anywhere. So these might be listened to, who knows, in a hundred years' time. Possible. <laughs> uh, where, of course, we won't be around, but the Johnson & Boone wills uh, will have kicked in that you provide. And and someone will be looking after these podcasts in our state. Uh, certainly will. But at this exact moment in time, there is the coronavirus outbreak that has taken hold of the world, which is why you can hear Rob, um, who is remoting, because of course we're following the social distancing rules that have been put in place quite rightly, of course. So bear with us if there's a, a glitch every now and again, it's because the internet speed. So uh, all of the advice that you're going to be giving people today and the tips you're going to be providing are going to be in the background of of that problem yeah they are i mean as it stands at the moment we along with most uh, organizations are, are following the regulations and guidance that have been put in place so most of our staff are working remotely the office is at the moment shut to the public uh, but we are very much still open for business uh, which is why we're doing things remotely with you this afternoon actually launched a new product just after christmas called legal guard which probably is a perfect solution to people having legal problems at this time, really. It is. The reason why we launched Legal Guard originally uh, was because the statistics show that most businesses don't instruct solicitors when they have a legal problem. There's lots of boundaries to the instruction of a solicitor, whether that be that you think it's going to cost loads of money, uh, whether it's that you don't know who to select, you don't know what services they've got. Um, so we put together a cost-effective membership whereby businesses have a access via our app to a range of services, a range of solutions and legal advice on tap every month. So it's an online legal platform that you've created which you can be accessed through your website or through a mobile app so that people don't necessarily have to be in person in order to get the help that they need. Yeah, that's right. I mean, as, as part of it, there's loads of um, legal templates and things that businesses can use without any assistance at all. 
uh, and that obviously cuts down on the amount of time that they need to actually seek advice, loads of template letters, employment contracts or stuff like that. But then for anything they're not sure on or anything that they need a bit more further guidance on, uh, all the members get some some free consultations every month as well. And there's quite a lot of implications that are going to kick in as a result of this coronavirus crisis, both in terms of personal and in terms of business. So hopefully these podcasts will help people anticipate problems that might be a little bit further down the line so that they can act now and protect themselves. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I mean, you know, in the last sort of few days, I've personally fielded lots of questions from current clients who are concerned about what the future holds for the next few months. Um, There is lots of support out there from the government. It's just a case of understanding what that support is and how it plugs in with your operation. It's also important to understand the current way in which you operate and whether that needs to be sort of tweaked a little bit in the coming weeks and months. So the topic that we're going to cover in today's show is going to be about landlord and tenant matters. You and I, because of our involvement within the legal world, automatically know what we mean by landlord and tenant, but some people might not necessarily understand what kind of things fall under that umbrella term. Do you want to give people just a a brief outline of of who it affects, why they might be interested in the kind of tips we're going to be throwing out there today. Yeah, sure. So when we speak about landlord and tenant matters, we mean anything that arises from the legal relationship between a landlord and their tenants, including obviously the involvement of the letting agent. So this is anything from you know, the rent that they have to pay, um, the eviction process, what that then means in, in terms of the current epidemic and whether people can still afford to pay their rent. And if they can't afford to pay their rent, where that leaves both parties. Because, of course, this is going to impact not only those people who rent a property, but those people who own a property, because people often have bills to pay on both ends of that process. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, I think the, the current epidemic is is going to have a profound effect on the business industry as a whole. Um, but the landlord and tenant sector, and that includes letting agents, I think are particularly susceptible at this time to um, there being some real adverse effects. There are steps that have been introduced to negate that, uh, and the governments are trying their best, but I still think that it's a, an area of concern for everyone. Okay, so what, what sort of effects do you think this current situation is going to have on the rental sector? I think the the worry is that lots and lots of people at the moment are concerned in terms of income. Um, There's lots and lots of people self-isolating. There's been bars, restaurants, all those um, in in the the public gathering type sector have all been told to close. Um, So anyone who is going to have their income affected might struggle to pay their rent in the coming months. Obviously, with the, the current regime, if you fall behind on your rent, then it's possible for your landlord to evict you. And the normal process that you do that via is what's called the Section 8 route, whereby they serve a notice upon you. And if you don't rectify the rent arrears down to a reasonable level, uh, and at the moment that's two months' worth within 14 days, uh, then proceedings can be started. And that would effectively leave that person without a home. Yeah, it would. I mean, at the moment, you know, the, the things that have been put in place by the government. Uh, are all aimed at creating some sort of parity. So uh, all the tenants need to have security that no matter what happens in the in the coming months, they're going to have a home to live in. Uh, but at the same time, as you, you, you've alluded to before, there's many landlords who still have mortgages on property 
uh, or they rely upon the rental income as their only income uh, and therefore they need that to continue. So what sort of steps have been announced so far to try and bring in this parity? Uh, the government has announced that there will be some emergency legislation introduced um, and that will put a, a ban on evictions for three months. Um, it isn't in yet. It's it's thought that it'll be coming in in the coming weeks. Um, but in reality, you know, the eviction process isn't something that happens overnight anyway. So any eviction notices that were served now it's unlikely that they'd get them through that process and, and get the tenants evicted before these emergency measures were brought in. So to counter that, of course, you know, if you've got a tenant that can't be evicted, then the landlord can be left in a, a vulnerable state. But they have announced that there will be measures to extend the mortgage payment holidays so that they cover buy to let properties. So at least landlords will benefit from not having to pay the mortgage uh, for the same period. When you talk about evictions, is there any type of possession process that falls outside of that? So one of the concerns landlords have is if they have an antisocial behaviour order or a, a tenant who's causing problems beyond we can't pay the rent because our income stream has dried up, are they going to be left stuck with these tenants? It's unclear at the moment as to exactly what it will include. Um, it's only really once the legislation has been drafted uh, and it's been released that we can we can have a look at that. I think the likelihood is that the courts will be taking a, a common sense approach. Um, the headlines at the moment say that there will be a complete ban on evictions. Um, so I think we have to work on the basis that it will be a complete ban for the next three months or so. Okay, and are these changes just to affect the private sector? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's going to be for both the, the social and the private rent of the accommodation sector. The idea is to ensure that everybody that is living in rented accommodation is afforded the security that while all this is going on, they're going to be able to stay in the home. Uh, so it's going to be across all sectors. What is the normal process that a landlord has to go through in order to evict a tenant that falls into rent arrears? Normally what would happen is obviously they'll spend a little bit of time in which they will attempt to rectify the situation just via discussions and, and reasonableness. Um, if that isn't successful, then at the moment they would serve a, a Section 8 notice. That Section 8 notice will give the tenant 14 days in which to rectify the situation and bring the rent arrears within two months of being outstanding. So let's say, for example, the rent's £500 they'd have to owe less than £1,000 at the expiry of those 14 days if they were going to hold things up. Um, if they don't, either they can't or they don't want to bring their rent arrears up to date within that period, then as it stands at the moment, the landlord can apply to court uh, for a possession order uh, and that will be listed for a hearing in which a court will make a decision. They can also, under the same proceedings, ask for an order for the rent uh, and for interesting costs. Okay, so that's the process that would fit into a normal situation. We're obviously not in normal times. How long do you think this new legislation is going to be in place for? Because presumably it can't be indefinitely. Yeah, at, at the moment it looks as though the ban on evictions is going to last for three months. But obviously I think at the moment it's uncertain as to how long um, this state of emergency is going to continue. So whilst I think it will be for an initial three months, if things didn't improve, I think we can expect um, it to be extended in due course. Check out award-winning Johnson & Boone Solicitor's unique product, Legal Guard. 
ideal for businesses and individuals. Legal Guard ensures you get the legal help you need when you need it. Packages start from just £24 a month and include free expert advice, access to a library of legal documents, as well as exclusive discounts on a range of services. For more information, visit johnsonandboon.co.uk forward slash legal guard and quote the code VETCHESH. What ultimate effect do you think this is going to have on landlords? What do you think generally will happen to both landlords generally and the sector as a whole? I think um, one of the parties that's a little bit forgotten in all of this at the moment is the letting agent, um, because there's a, a measure in place to help the tenant and there's measures in place to help the landlord. But obviously in the middle, there's often a letting agent and most of them work on the basis that when the rent is paid, they take their commission out of the rent and that's how they trade. Um, if there's a, a tenant on one side who through no fault of their own, is unable to pay the rent at this time. Um, but equally on the other side, there's a landlord who maybe hasn't got a fork out for the mortgage. That still leaves the letting agents in the middle in a, a quite difficult spot. Now, it is possible that letting agents will just have to charge their landlord for the service that they provide by invoicing them. Uh, but in terms of the industry, that's not normally how it works. I have spoken to uh, a landlord, uh, a letting agent, sorry, in the last few days, and they are generally quite concerned uh, in terms of how things will go. And I know some letting agents are already receiving lots and lots of announcements from tenants who've already been laid off, and they are expecting this to be a difficult couple of months. The rules and regulations that govern how to legally run a legitimate tenancy are quite complex. To not have a letting agent requires or puts a, a huge amount of emphasis on a landlord to do all of those things instead. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, it's quite likely that letting agents will be able to, to benefit from the, the package of assistance that the government is putting in place for small businesses as a whole. Uh, but they haven't specifically been sort of commented upon in, in relation to the measures that have been put in place specifically for the lettings industry as yet. Um, you're right in as far as, you know, letting agents are, are playing a key role in, in the landlord and tenant relationship. Um, and I think in due course, you know, as things do improve, there will be substantial rent arrears and they will be rent arrears. They will have to be paid off. Um, what the government's saying at the moment is that um, the landlord will be expected to, to work with the tenant uh, and to put in place a, an amenable payment plan. Uh, but in reality, I think it's going to be letting agents that are central in, in terms of putting that in place. So it's important for landlords, you know, at, at this time to make sure that they are still looking after their letting agents uh, and they do work with them in terms of, of how their fees are going to work over this period. And have you been getting any feedback from either letting agents, landlords or tenants in response to these changes? I know it's quite early and People are probably still digesting the situation as a whole, never mind the minutiae of this particular problem. Yeah, no, I think at the moment, as I say, I've spoken to one or two um, letting agents and, and there is a general air of concern in terms of how all this will play out. I think most people at this moment in time, you know, quite rightly, they're still focusing on the the health elements of, of all these problems and, and lots of offices and businesses are closing and obviously everybody's being told to heed the advice in relation to social distancing. So I think there's lots and lots of, of self-isolation that is, is taking place at the moment quite rightly. 
it's only in the coming weeks and months that we're going to see what effect that then has uh, and, and how that plays out. If there was a key piece of advice that you were going to give to each of the three parties that are involved in this problem, the landlord, the tenant and the letting agent, let's start with the tenant. What what key piece of advice would you give to them? Yeah, in terms of the tenants, I mean, it, it very much depends upon the um, situation that they find themselves in. But I think if they can possibly keep up with their rental payments or even if they can keep up with some of their rental payments, it stops them from getting into large rent arrears later on because this isn't a, a break in terms of you won't have to pay rent. You you will have to pay the rent in due course. Uh, it's just a little gap in terms of you can't be evicted at the moment if you can't. Um, so if, you, if you're looking how you're going to prioritize things, um, obviously your health is, is above anything. But, you know, I think secondary to your health is, is normally your family and then your home. Um, it's important you do keep the relationship with your landlord on, on good terms over these difficult times. And in, in terms of the landlord, I mean, we've covered the, the mortgage break that they get to enjoy if they're struggling to make the mortgage payments, whether it be because their own income streams have been hit or because rental payments have, have taken a bump, what key piece of advice might you be able to give a, a landlord in terms of managing the tenant from a legal perspective? Yeah, I think it's important, again, that everyone's focusing on the relationship between landlord and tenant, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to fall down here because the situation is no one's fault. So I think communication with your tenants is, is really important. As I said before, I think for landlords to make sure that they're staying in contact with their letting agents and they're discussing how the letting agent's fees are going to work over this time, uh, I think that's important. And then once we get out to the other side of this, I think patience is important in terms of, you know, if rent arrears has, you know, been incurred during the difficult months, it is going to take a little bit of time to pay off. Um, and I think that needs to be understood right at the start so that there isn't a dispute over over, over the time really afterwards. In terms of the, the breaks that there's going to be in the, the mortgage, um, I think it's important they educate themselves really early and they apply really early if they think there's going to be any problems because I assume there's going to be lots and lots of these applications going in uh, and I don't know how quickly they'll be processed. If they have a tenant who perhaps is someone they would want to evict not because they're not paying rent, but for other reasons that generally have little to do with the coronavirus issue. I presume the best thing for them to do is to get in contact with you to get some advice on what the options are, even if it's putting things in place that you can act upon when this ban is lifted. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in the sort of coming months, we're happy to almost act as mediator between the different parties to make sure that everybody stays you know, on, on best possible terms and, and things don't escalate. Um, if landlords want any specific advice as to what the legislation means once it's been released and we can look at it properly, then we're happy to provide direct advice. If similarly, you know, there's, there's tenants who aren't sure what, what the gap means, perhaps there's already eviction notices in place and it's, it's the enforceability of those notices that they're unsure of, then again, yeah, they can get in contact with us and, and we'll be happy to go through that with them. And what about letting agents? They are very much stuck piggy in the middle here. On the one hand, they're expected to manage the properties and protect the interests of the landlord. On the other hand, obviously they're expecting payment for those services. And we'll have a contract between the landlord and the letting agent. What happens to that contract? 
It's a good question. I mean, in, in this instance, I think the contract that you um, mention, I think that survives because it's, you know, the, the letting agent are still able to or, or probably are still able to fulfil their side of the contract. There are, of course, going to be contracts between um, commercial entities during this whole disaster, which are frustrated because neither party are able to fulfil their side of the obligations. Um, it might be that letting agents, you know, decide to vary the terms of a contract that they've got with their uh, landlord clients. It might be that they defer certain things. It might be at the moment that they can't actually do things because they've they've taken the step of closing the office. I mean, you have to remember that it, at the same time as everyone else's social distancing, letting agents are going to have to do the same thing. Uh, and that's going to mean things like inspections are going to be pretty difficult. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, it, it comes back again to, it's a communication point. The parties need to discuss things nice and early, decide how it's going to work for everyone uh, and put a plan in place as to how everyone's going to survive what's going on. And this isn't going to be a quick fix solution either. When these changes ultimately come to an end, it's not going to magically return to how it was. Presumably there's going to be a backlog of cases. There's going to be a a different set of legislation that's going to have to replace what has been put in place as an emergency measure. Yeah, again, it's unclear until it actually happens, but I would have thought that the legislation will revert to where it is now. Um, You have to bear in mind that there has been suggestion for a while that the, you know, this area of of legislation is going to be revamped and it's going to be changed. We've had suggestion for a while, for example, that Section 21 notices are going to be going, which is the alternative method of of eviction um, other than Section. What's the difference between a Section 21 and a Section 8 notice? Uh, a Section 21 is non-fault. So it's it's I'm given the tenant or the landlord's given the tenant a, a two-month period in which to vacate the property uh, just because they need it back. So they don't have to state a reason to the court, but they do before they serve that notice have to have complied with lots and lots of things. Uh, and, and, and that list is quite lengthy. And the Section 8 is just because there is a problem with the tenancy? Yeah, the Section 8 is a fault eviction. So it's the the tenant has breached their tenancy agreement in some way. They're either not paying rent, so it's building up. They're persistently not paying rent. Um, there's a whole host of, of, of mandatory and non-mandatory grounds, but the Section 8 is all based on fault. And of course, you've mentioned the legislation hasn't even come out yet. You haven't had a chance to digest it. And so at the moment, you're you're able to provide advice based on what's been officially stated. I guess the main emphasis you would put at this juncture is if there is a problem that people have, is to get in touch. Yeah, of course. Um, if, if anybody's got any questions or, or concerns in terms of what's happening at the moment, then if they get in contact with us, we can explain where we think they are at this moment in time or or once the legislation's released where they actually are and then we can advise them as to how best to rectify the situation uh, and put them in good stead to move forward. And if they wanted to get in touch by phone, what what number should they ring? Yeah, so at the moment, um, as I said before, the office itself is closed, so everything is, uh, is remote. So they can call us on 0151 637 2034. Uh, or they can email us to info at johnsonandburn.co.uk. And you can also book an appointment using our mobile app, uh, which is downloadable on Android or Apple from either of the stores. 
it's free to download. Uh, and once you're on there, you can access the diaries of any of our solicitors um, and you can drop an appointment in. Uh, and as I say, at the, at the moment, uh, they'll be dealing with you remotely, but it is a, a full unhindered service still. You can also stay up to date with all the latest announcements on your social media platforms. You're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. It's Johnson and Boone Solicitors. If you want to check that out, you can either direct message or use any of the contact information that Rob has just handed out. You can listen to it on johnsonandboone.co.uk. You can also listen to it on thepodstation.co.uk. It will be on all the major podcast platforms in the next 7 to 10 days. Hopefully by the second instalment, we will be able to announce that it's on all the other platforms so you can catch it on any device that you use to listen to your podcast. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, do we know what topic you're going to uh, be picking up for next time? Uh, I think next time we'll focus on what's happening for small businesses um, and the contract difficulties that they're going to have over the coming weeks and months. Okay, and how frequently are we going to be looking to get these out so people can keep up to date? It is a fast-moving machine, and we'll try our best to make sure that it's as up-to-date as it can be when it comes out. And at the moment, uh, we're going to try and get at least one a week out for you. Fantastic. Well, brilliant. Thank you very much for your help, Rob, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks, Mark. Get social at Johnson & Boone on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.